0: Hey, welcome to episode 173 of the Twim Show, this is your Sajid and today I'll be covering the news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of August 7 through 11, 2023. Now, before I begin, one thing, uh, one uh, favor I want you all to uh, do for me, or I haven't asked, that's what I should say. So what I mean is that, you know, I've been contemplating if I should uh, stop publishing this show only because, you know, it has started to take up a lot of time on my end. Yes, I still will be, you know, reading up and catching up on stuff like this. However, putting together in a nice recordable format where I have to go through, write a summary, check and make sure everything is like, you know, easy for you to digest. It takes time. And time is something that's, uh, you know, I only get 24 hours a day, so do you. So if you have been finding value or you think, you know, I should continue this show, please uh, drop a comment or a reply or something like that to give me a thumbs up to let me know that it is you are finding value and that will encourage me to continue this and if I don't hear it maybe you know it just helps uh, uh, I kind of make decisions like maybe I should uh, think otherwise maybe put it in a very Cut down wherever I can more probably uh, take off the, you know, summaries that I publish as well or the audio or the video, something like that. But, you know, it's still an ongoing process in my head. But as I come to a decision, I will share that with you all. Okay. with that, let's jump in. First off, uh, it's something we don't cover. Again, it's something new, and I thought I all want you all to know. Amazon is testing AI to write better product descriptions for sellers. Uh, again, it's in the testing phase. There's nothing you really need to do. But if you're an Amazon seller or know someone who's an Amazon seller, obviously you can let them know, and they would probably be excited because you know sometimes, uh, oftentimes, writing product description is challenging. Now, how good this will be <laughs> remains to be seen. Uh, I, I was really excited when ChatGPT first came to the picture oh it can do everything now over the years as I used it uh, no why shouldn't why do I say over the years over the months that I use it i have been uh, uh, a little bit taken back uh, my you know it's just like the quality is not there yet maybe over time it's going to get better but let's be hopeful with that let's go to the next one Okay, Uh, this is something uh, coming off from the left field, but it seems like Meta is notifying some group admins that they need to be more active in moderating moderating their groups or Meta will assign another group member to the job instead. So what this means, you know, uh, if you own a group and you are not active, then that that group has 10,000 members or so and you've worked very hard, you need to start working and making sure that, you know, you're putting some comments and things like that. If not, probably you are gonna lose your group. Okay. Uh you've been forewarned. Let's go to the next one. YouTube is crapping, uh, cracking down on spammy links in Shorts, so they are rolling out a new linking policy starting August 31st that makes it a little bit dif- difficult for people to spread uh, spam so under the new policy links in short videos and channel descriptions will automatically convert converted to unclickable text creators will still be able to include links in their videos and descriptions but they will need to be manually approved by YouTube before they can be clicked on and i kind of like that right i kind of like that because you know sometimes people will create this compelling video and you know obviously you the viewer would probably get sucked into the story and then click on it boom it takes you to a spam site it takes you somewhere where it kind of uh, steals your information Um, so thumbs up to youtube for doing this Next up, YouTube also expanding this new policy where creators can add up to 14 links to their channel profiles. Previously, the limit was five. Again, YouTube, good job. to add links to the channel profile, you simply go to the About tab and click on Links section and then you can enter up to 14 links. And this kind of helps you, right? If you have a IG profile, Facebook profile, LinkedIn profile, TikTok profile, website, a course and whatnot, you could start listing them out and rather than be limited. So 14, I think it's plenty. Uh, so go ahead and, you know, leverage this opportunity. Also, YouTube is making uh, it easier for you to link your... link your short form content to long form content so you have a like you know let's just say you have this show that I, or maybe i have this show which i'm doing uh it's going to be roughly about 20 22 minutes today or maybe a little longer what you can what i if i was playing in the shots field i would have taken a slice of this put it in there and then i would say hey you want to watch more come over here so it's really good uh because now it's giving you a lot of um uh, ammo to play in this game. Hats off to you YouTube for thinking outside the box and doing a lot of you know fancy stuff. Little small stuff but sounds very fancy to me. Uh, Lastly, YouTube's new format allows creators to see how their videos are performing by format. The report, which is available in YouTube Studio, breaks down views, watch time and other metrics by video format, including shots, long form videos and live streams. This new report is a valuable tool for creators who want to understand how their viewers are engaging with their content. It can help creators to identify which formats are performing well and which ones could use improvement in my case i will stick to long form just because i don't want to add on more tasks to myself or to my team and you know what if you watch it you watch it if you don't watch it hey um maybe we need to think otherwise okay moving on from YouTube into the world of Google search. And obviously this should have come a little bit later in the show, but since it's already here, I'm going to talk about it is Google's John Miller says there are three ways to keep your AI chat bot content out of Google search because AI chatbots are increasingly becoming common, right? Like on websites, providing instant customer service engagement. We have read stories or I've read stories where, you know, uh, some founder basically replaced the whole customer service department and using AI. So whatever it is, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of chatbot content on your website. To prevent it, there are three ways you can prevent it using an iframe, using a JavaScript resource file, or using a data no snippet attribute, right? Again, these are some stuff that we have covered. You should know this. You as a business owner, if you're not familiar, but you are using AI chatbot, then obviously you need a a good SEO person uh, or a web developer who can help you with that. Uh, if you don't, you need help, you need guidance, reach out to me or to us. The way we could help is either we can see if you are the right fit for us and we would take you on as a client. If not, we would probably ask you to uh, refer to give you three references and then you just pick the one you like the most. Okay, with that, let's go to the next update. The next update is Google Ads is updating um, uh, has, has Google Ads has up, may, made some feature changes or added some features just in time for the holiday season? It's funny, right? We are August. We're just like not even the second week of August or towards the middle of August, and they're already planning for holiday season, right? When you know you need to start planning now because it's August. You blink. It's going to be October, which basically means you have the Halloween. After that, you have Thanksgiving. You cannot start a campaign for Thanksgiving or December in October. It's already too late. You need to start planning now. You need to start pulling the trigger in September, mid-September, and then have everything, all your ducks in a row started. And also like... Some people like to uh, get ahead of the curve and they like to buy early. So you want to tap into those early purchasers as well. So with that, uh, you know, it's a lot of stuff. But Google is actually tapping into local, in, uh, local, invent- local retailers. That's one. And the other thing, you know, very interesting thing that comes out of this thing is that uh, according to G- Google's data, 60% of holiday shoppers use five or more channels while shopping over two days right now what this basically means is that we are looking at omnichannel shoppers right so people and you know it's besides holiday shopping it's in general people do not buy through one device right they sit on their desktop go home on a mobile and then probably come back to work and do it on their work laptop right so google is expanding ad formats and adding new ad optimizations tools Uh, It's giving us insights on early holiday shopping. I mean, you know, there's a plethora of things. Uh, I think I will save you from getting bored on this thing. But the thing you need to know about is there's going to be AI tools in product studio, which is going to help you create product images and create 3D visual assets. Uh, you can sign up for the beta the link is in the show notes there's going to be ai strategy in performance max there is a separate update for performance max which i believe is right after this or it's going to be coming very soon so i will talk more about it but what google is saying is that people who have or advertisers who have switched from standard shopping campaigns to performance cap performance max campaigns have seen up to 25 percent increase in conversion value on average you know that's a really strong statement um you know now i do not know the details how much they have spent what kind of campaigns what was the value of the product who they were targeting which region so that all plays a role right having said that you can always you know have your standard shopping campaigns and test out performance max do an a b testing and go from there that's also an option Uh, now again. My our audience for this show are going to be people who want to stay in the loop, which is probably going to be business owners or, you know, someone who's working in Google ads and or SEO and knows this. And they say, oh, yeah, I know. Now now that's happening. Let me go check it out. Right. I don't want you to take this information and start rolling up your sleeves and doing this if you're the business owner. Because, you know what, if you're doing this, you don't have a business unless obviously Google ads is your business. Okay. in that case, you already know this update. Okay. So that this update is all about Performance Max. Uh, so it's all about uh, it's a, Google updated their perf- uh, best practices for Performance Max. Uh, the link is let me see if I linked it in the show notes. Yes, it's in the show notes, man. There is so many updates. Um, it's like they give you up. Let me let me go through my show notes one at a time it gives you recommendations on budget settings. Like, again, if you are doing this, you don't really need recommendations for budgets because you kind of know what the budgets are going to be, what your conversion rates and things like that are. But, you know, if for someone who new, you could probably, the performance planner might give you some ideas. Uh, and, uh, again, it's talking about standard shopping campaigns. You can do A-B testing and see which one gives you better lives and then kind of, like, you know, keep it as performance max or just kill it it gives you strategies on lowering uh, return on ad spend uh and targeting high value customers right uh and then it's asking you to combine channels where possible so that you know it kind of google learns across different ad formats uh but you know it may not necessarily be always feasible to do that so you gotta you know figure it out play it year by year and just don't do it across the board okay this is where i'm going to stop about performance max again you know the link is there in the show notes if you really want to know what it all covers go check it out okay uh now google into the SEO front, Google is saying Google downwards how to an FAQ reach results. So, again, FAQ and reach results are something that shows up when you do it on Google search that says, you know, customers have always asked or searchers have always asked those, you know, FAQs or frequently asked questions about this topic and, you know, reach results. So, Google is kind of limiting it. And now for FAQ pages, uh, Google will only shown show it for well-known authoritative government and health websites. So, it's kind of, you know... Uh, it's just like it's not going to show regular, regular random websites like Market and Grow. I And I call it random because we are random in the eyes of Google. Now, at the same time, Google is saying just because we don't show it right now doesn't mean you should go ahead and remove your structured data. So keep those structured data there. Uh, and because Google might change their mind down the future. I think that's what Google is trying to say. And the how-to structured data will only be shown on desktop users, not for mobile users. But again, so you should keep the how-tos. Uh, again, structured data should be on your side. Uh, it's just something you need to know that you know if you are showing up on FAQ uh, section, why you don't show up is because Google has stopped showing it. Okay, uh, let's talk about semantic HTML. We talked about in the last... Uh, last episode which was last week. Um, So now an interesting question came up uh, and someone asked Google's uh, John Mueller, hey, if I put my main article or if I put my product listing within an article tag, does this mean I'm going to rank higher? So John Mueller says, no, not really. It doesn't work like that way. Right. Uh, Just because, you know, you have you're using semantic HTML doesn't necessarily mean you're going to rank higher. Now, having said that, there are a lot of nuances in this. Right. What I mean by that is number one, what does semantic HTML does? It helps the search crawler, the search uh, bot right google bot to understand what this page is about so if you have a faq or a footer let's just say call it a footer footer semantic html the bot says oh this is the footer section that's why i see it in every page because it's every website is going to have a footer so let's ignore it oh this is the article this is the main main content of the site let me use this oh now let me index it so you're making it easier for the google crawler or the google bot to understand the content on your website now if you have crappy content doesn't matter if you're semantic or non-semantic it's still gonna be crap right and google will probably say nah we don't want to index it let's just move on so semantic html will help you we talked about I, i talked about this last week but what you need to do to really leverage this is that you need to go and write good quality content. And you know, you're going to like the last update of this episode is because it's all about good quality content. Please, if you're listening and you're here, stay on till end or maybe fast forward to that section. Okay. <clears throat> oh, talking about it. This is the last section. What am I talking about? Okay. Google warns again, content pruning can hurt your SEO. It's a big, thing this happened this week where cnet went ahead and deleted thousands of pages and gizmodo caught that right gizmodo caught that they wrote they wrote an article and they says hey looks like cnet CNET is deleting thousands of pages and along at the same time there was a leaked memo from august 2nd 2003 which was about like you know what 10 or 8 days back where they're saying hey uh we are gonna go ahead and delete uh, cnet people someone in cnet uh, is saying we are going to delete pages based by using uh, our metrics such as page page views, backlink profiles, and amount of time has passed since the last update. Like, kind of proves my point where I've been always saying you should hire good reputable SEO people, not people who have all knowledge. Now, anyway, at aside. So. The whole SEO industry kind of came around to it, including Googlers uh, such as Danny Sullivan, uh, John Mueller, and things like that. uh, 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 Please don't do that. Deleting old content from your site because it's old and you think Google doesn't like it, that's crap, right? Older content can still be helpful. Uh, You know, you may have content that is no longer relevant. You should, I mean, you know there are times when you should prune you should like kind of kind of clean up your content but what they're really saying is that You should kind of look at it, say, does this content make sense? Should we update it? Should we change it? Things like that, right? It has to be case by case basis. It cannot be like a broad stroke that says, oh, any content from 2010 or 2009 is crap. Let's just delete that. That's number one. Number two is, so where did this idea of deleting old content is good for SEO came out? It started back in 2011 when Google launched Panda. Right, so that's like twelve plus years back, right? What happened is back then someone from Google's team wrote, "Hey, you may want to delete, you know, old contents because and it's just gonna give you better credibility, better reputation, things like now." What was good in two thousand eleven is may not be good in two thousand twenty three right what was i don't know how old you were but whatever was good for my health or whatever i used to do the lifestyle i used to lead in 2011 may not necessarily be good for me in 2023 because i'm a little bit older now i'm just using that as an example i think you understand that point where i'm going with this is that google is saying just don't remove pages because that you know uh it will help you with content Right, what you need or help with SEO. What they're saying is that improve it if you can, wherever possible. And if you cannot remove it one by one, Um, just because again, your part of SEO strategy should always be: let's go back to our old content and see what's there. Uh, Do we really need it? Can we update it? Right, evergreen contents, things like that. This kind of helps to understand like why SEO is a long game. You need to be on it and you need to have someone who looks at it right now obviously as you have content thousands of contents you need a bigger team or you need to kind of you know um, say this month we're going to look at content from 2011 next month we're going to look at 2012 and then kind of see what we are doing does it match with that old content and go from there so i hope you find this helpful with that folks that's it for this week in marketing this is your Sajid signing off until next week take care bye bye